everyone to Healing Hope and Restoration. I'm your co-host, Tiffany. And I'm Howard. And Howard, we are in our fundamental series where we are talking about, you know, things we have in our counselor toolbox that, you know, we use in our own lives that we want to, you know, share with our audience. Absolutely. Uh, when you think about um, a typical therapeutic setting in mental health, most of the time you're talking about the difficulty we all have to adjusting to change. Yes. And, you know, think about the various areas of change. Change when you leave a job. Mm -hmm. Change when you move. Your kids growing older. Um, perhaps physical health uh, creates an issue and change must occur. And uh, retirement. And there's just so many parts of our lives over the course of a lifetime that can create difficulty for us in navigating that change. Absolutely. We were talking before we came on the air just about, you know, how we typically code any sort of, you know, mental health related issue. And one of the most common um, disorders that I code is an adjustment disorder. And the very definition of it, adjustment disorders, you know, it's a, it's a group of symptoms such as stress, feeling sad or hopeless, and physical symptoms that can occur after you go through a stressful life event, such as a major change. The symptoms occur because you're having a hard time coping with them, and our reaction sometimes can be stronger than expected for that type of event. Yeah. And the truth is, is that change is inevitable. This life continues to change. It's very dynamic in that way. But we don't always respond well to it, even though it's something that's very predictable. It will happen, just like, you know, death or loss. It is pretty predictable. It's going to happen a it matter is. of when. But we're not always prepared to deal with that. No, I think we're so programmed to be in the here and now. Uh, also, it'll never happen to me. <laughs> that syndrome sort of thinking. Uh, and I think even though we are intelligent people and we know change is inevitable, we're not ready for it. We don't want it. We won't accept it. We won't deal with it. We won't cope with it. We'll just decide it isn't going to happen. Life's going to stay the same. Well, it sounds very much so like denial. <laughs> you know, we've talked in the past about um, grief and loss on past podcasts. I don't know if it was our radio show or our podcast. I think maybe our podcast. And the Grief Recovery Institute, I think, said it really well in the Grief Recovery Handbook, you know, kind of intro to it is that in this life, we are often taught how to acquire things and then probably taught how to hold on to those things. But we're, we don't go to school to learn how to lose. No, I don't think probably you've ever heard a seminar advertised uh, with that concept attached to it. How to lose. Who was going to sign up for that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, when we don't learn how to navigate those various areas in the course of a lifetime, uh, psychological, emotional, and physiological changes occur within us mm -hmm. that can sometimes render us, you know, uh, neutral. We can't do anything. We're stuck. Um, or we become depressed. Uh, or highly anxious, and moving through those times 
becomes then the key, the coping mechanisms we try to help people acquire to deal with what came upon them that they weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. So they come in asking, why? Why did this happen? How could this happen? Why did it happen to me? Mm-hmm. And while those are natural questions, I'm sure for most of us, mm-hmm. those really are the wrong questions to ask because those are the questions that can keep us stuck instead of realizing the healthy way that we can move through this in spite of the loss or the grief that we're experiencing. Absolutely. I think they are very like unhelpful questions. Like you're right. They do keep us, you know, stuck in a place and not really looking towards how we can move through it or move forward. But in our effort to like try to understand why things are happening to us, you know, I think somewhere in an attempt to understand, we hope to, you know, obviously make some sense of it and then maybe then decide, you know, what we can do you know, in regards to it. And the truth is, you know, you could really understand a situation and the why it's happened, but that's not a guarantee that you're going to feel better about the fact that it happened. No, no, because our minds are geared to routine, Mm -hmm. to what we know, not what we don't know. And one of the things that, that I've tried to do with patients over the years is to talk about metaphorically the press box of the brain, Mm -hmm. the place where the light's on, the plays are being called, if you want to use that football analogy, and the plays are being sent down to the field. And, of course, not every play is going to be successful or there'd be a touchdown every time you call the play. Mm -hmm. But you try to execute the play the best you can on the basis of the information that you have. And when we don't see our lives from a higher perspective and see it 360 or in a three-dimensional way, then we, we don't call the right plays. And what we do is that we just attempt to not lose instead of trying to win, if I could use that analogy. Wow. That is huge. So we try to maybe hold on to the way that we've always like done things, you know, and stuff to see how we move forward you know and when in this season in this situation and again we, we stay stuck so you know between you and I we've treated you know a lot of people over the years and you know on a personal level gone through a lot of things over the years mm-hmm. that involved adjusting to changes in our lives so I want to throw some examples out there so that hopefully our listeners can resonate with what we're talking about right now absolutely So on a personal level, I was talking about how I had to adjust to a lot of changes, you know, in my life in this season. I got married probably, I will say a little later in life. And then um, we've only been married for about maybe five and a half years. And then over the course of that, my husband and I have introduced, you know, three kids into our lives pretty quickly, which is a pretty short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So my life has drastically changed from, you know, being single to, you know, then adjusting to being married to six months after that, really baby on the way to, you know, a few more kids after there, a couple more kids after that. And my very pace of life has had to change. There was definitely a way I was accustomed to doing things. Mm -hmm. And although in my mind, I knew life was going to change and these are great changes and was happy about them at the same time. 
I felt myself emotionally struggling because yeah. of all the adjustments that had to be made and asking the question, can I do this better than I'm doing this right now? Or why am I feeling this way? And part of it was because there was a loss. There was some loss of independence. There was a loss of mm -hmm. some freedoms. And I don't say this to say I dislike my life now. I love my life right now. But there was a loss and I, there was a grief to that. And now I'm not as free to do things as I once was before. And that's not easy. No, it's not. And, you know, I think of the number of um, younger people of childbearing age that I've seen over the years. Um, they love each other. They love their kids. But they weren't prepared for the change that having children was going to put on their lives. Mm -hmm. They couldn't just pick up and go for the weekend now or on a whim say, let's go out tonight and, and eat. Let's go to a concert. Let's yes. go do this, you know, and that might seem simple, but over time, those are the things that pile up and cause people to say, I can't cope with life right now. Mm -hmm. um, this is too much. This, this is change beyond what I expected. And you know, as I'm listening to you, not only have I seen that, but then in people uh, my age, there's adjustments. Um, and for the people that know me, um, I'm not ever really going to retire. Uh, but I did retire from my past uh, place of employment after about 22 and a half years. But I went on to do other things, and I'm doing those things now. But that adjustment was huge because there were a couple of months there where the question is, who am I? What's my purpose? What's my reason for being here? Now that that's all gone and the lights are off and the doors closed, who am I? What am I doing? And, you know, fortunately, being aware of that and having some skills to bring to the table, which eventually we'll be talking about was a huge part of that as well as talking to somebody I trust mm -hmm. about how to navigate through those waters. Um, so whether it's the latter half of life or the beginning of life or in the middle kind of where you are and your husband with your children, if, if we don't have an eye on change and we get stuck in the routine, then other changes that come just feel like another brick on our wall mm -hmm. and it's, and it's too much. And, and we find ourselves not doing well with that. Absolutely. And it's amazing how hard we will fight to hold on to doing things the way that they've always been done. Large part because we're comfortable there. That is very much so what we know. And perhaps we like liked it, even if it was just beyond our comfort, we really liked the way that things were going. And it's not, I don't, I don't believe it's a bad thing to walk away from something, even when it's going well, because you can end something or even a season of life, you know, well, and move into the next season, you know, and do that well too. Um, but you have to have this understanding about how life moves and works is that you are going to keep moving and that this season will not be always. No, but I'm thinking about something humorous. In the last six months before I left my last counseling job to do what I'm doing now, um, I had to learn electronic record keeping. <laughs> 
Now, I look around the office, and it looked like every other counselor had it because they were all so much younger than me, except for a couple. And even they seemed to navigate better than I was. I was bearskins and stone knives. I wasn't about this. And I remember digging my heels in and resisting and having several conversations with one of the owners. And that particular owner um, came into my office one day and sat down and I said, walk me through this because I don't want to do it, but I know I have to do it. This is such major change for me. It has me all tied up. I'm not sleeping well. I'm afraid I'm going to do something wrong. Just let me do paper notes. No, we can't do that anymore. So after our conversation, um, she showed me a simple way on my computer to open that program every day. Mm -hmm. And then we went through a training. We had people come from the company you know, to the office. But here's the interesting thing. After several conversations, and I, to this day, deeply appreciate her patience. <laughs> uh, and I started to get used to it. You know what? I liked it a whole lot better because it saved me a lot of time. Uh -huh. I mean, it saved me a lot of time. And I didn't feel like I had to be as in-depth because everything was there. A lot of click, click. Click on it, <laughs> click on it, click on it. And, you know, it, I felt somewhat sheepish or a little bit ashamed a little later on that I had been so adamant about not wanting to do that when not only was it easier, but paychecks were a little more even than they were used to because you didn't have to wait so long on insurance to be billed. So, you know, that change was a good thing, mm -hmm. both for that practice and for all the counselors. But the resistance to that was only because I had put myself in a position to believe I couldn't do it. And I think that's a strong element to why people can't face change well, whether it's a, a workforce change, uh, a mechanical change within the workforce, or whether it's something you're facing that you didn't expect. You say to yourself, I can't, I can't navigate this, whatever this is. I, I can't do it. I, I can't get there. I've never done that. It's easier for other people. It's not going to be that way for me. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when that happens, um, we find ourselves lamenting as Elijah did in the Old Testament when he cried out, Lord, I'm the only one. Mm. Well, he wasn't. No. And he needed a better perspective. But in, in that case, feeling he was the only one caused him to not think clearly about what he knew. I think that's a key. That's huge. And you just answered the next question I was going to present is why do we have such a difficult time with change and see it as such a negative thing? You know, usually at the beginning of any changes that are going to be made and that are coming, because like we said before, it is inevitable. And that truth is uncertainty can produce a lot of anxiety. <laughs> but the truth is, you know, especially for the believer, like things are not as uncertain as we think they are most of the time. True. We may not know, you know, how everything is going to play out, but thank the Lord as our very loving Heavenly Father, He knows nothing catches Him by surprise and He's an ever-present help 
in times of trouble, you know, as we perceive it to be, because nothing is a problem for him. But we need to comfort ourselves with that, you know, in those moments, because there are things that we do know to do. And one of the phrases or kind of mantras I often like gift clients is like, you know, not the only person to to have done this or to be moving in this arena. If they can do it, I can do it too, you know. That's a you know that's such a strong piece. Um, of course, and we'll we'll probably tackle this in a future broadcast. Uh, the caveat is, um, death and the grief that brings mm-hmm. is a little different issue, and and so for today we want to set that on the shelf and know that that requires a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But as we talk about these things that that we're talking about right now, um. The, the inability that we have to see ourselves as being able to embrace and lean into the change causes us to stay outside of it, mm-hmm. which then skews our perspective. And for believers, the first thing we should be doing is running to the refuge of God's stronghold for help, but we seem to go there last more often than not. Mm-hmm. Because we're trying to navigate it by ourselves. It may not occur to us to really surrender that to God. And so, just like Elijah, he even had a great victory, a tremendous victory on Mount Carmel in uh, 1 Kings uh, 19. But what did he do? He got word that some things were going to change for him, and it was in the form of a threat. And instead of trusting God like he had to bring fire down from heaven and do the the whole light show God did, which was unparalleled, he he ran. And sometimes when we can't cope with change, we run. And sometimes when we see a threat, we run. Whether it's the threat of losing our job or the threat of losing a relationship or, you know, the threat of having to move, whatever it might be. In his case, it was a threat against his life, and most of us aren't going to face that. But still, it's the idea that my first instinct is to run. Mm-hmm. And then you couldn't get any more depressed than to ask God to take you out, mm-hmm. which is what he did. And I think it's beautiful that in a counseling setting, I always tell my clients, thank goodness God doesn't hear those prayers. Yeah. Because instead of that, he sent an angel to minister to Elijah. Mm-hmm. So God knows those confused feelings we have. Mm -hmm. He knows those powerful emotions we have. And I think with God's help and with a trained professional, you can navigate those rough waters and come to a place where it's placid. You You can experience peace. The problem is we have to back up and say, how am I going to lean into this? What am I going to do to embrace this, even though I don't like it? Yeah. And really be open to the awesomeness that some changes can bring, because it doesn't always have to be bad. So if we see change as being threatening, we're going to tend to, you know, really activate that fight or flight and really genuinely want to avoid and run away. But like you've been saying, you know, it's important to lean in because change, it's coming. Like... Absolutely. Nothing you can really greatly do to stop that. It is coming. And so leaning in is going to be more effective. And we may 
suffer less, you know, with mental, emotional, and even physical symptoms because we're coping with it. Um, you got to accept that first. So I, th- I thought about my life just for a minute as we're talking. So I probably should have a PhD in change. <laughs> in, in the course of my lifetime, I grew up on my grandfather's farm, worked for him, went to General Motors, was at General Motors uh, six years, went to college, have then since pastored five churches. So I have moved eight times in the nearly 46 years I've been married, have left four churches. I'm in my fifth church right now is where I'm at. Um, was 23 years nearly in one counseling group, left them. Um, it seems like there's leaving and change going on all the time through the course of my lifetime. Worked at a grain elevator, worked as a campus plumber, you connect with people in all of those professions and places where you live. But it's the idea that this isn't permanent. Mm -hmm. Now I know people, my parents, for example, have lived in the same house 67 years. I don't know how you do that. Get married early and live a long time, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But I can't relate to that. Uh, And, and so with all this moving and all this job changing, and by the way, I didn't decide that I could figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. I became a pastor and a clinical counselor, so I settled on that. Uh, I'm in my 40th year of ministry and my 23rd year as a, as a counselor. So, but at any rate, you know, I look at all that change. Some was in the early years; some of that change was exciting, so we got through that okay. As time went on, as you get older, uh, some of our listening audience will know this. You don't like change because the routine and the certain gives you some sense of security and peace, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But when you have to make changes every so often, and my profession demanded that, then in the course of all of that, not embracing that that's going to happen at some point can really hinder you in those relationships. and you find yourself then sometimes pulling back and not wanting to get too close because you're not going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of in reverse. Now that's not healthy either because that doesn't really help you prepare for change. All that does is remove you from somebody who really is speaking into your life. So to navigate through all of that, I really believe that the press box has to be calling the right plays And even if the play is not executed to perfection, you do the best you can with what you know. And you you work on this mindfulness piece. I love mindfulness at this point. Mm -hmm. I look just enough to the past to give me some wisdom in the present. I look just enough at the future to know that it may not be as it is right now. Mm -hmm. If I can learn to live with that balance, Tiffany, perhaps I navigate change better. Absolutely. So... In our next podcast, we're going to entertain how we can navigate change, you know, still feeling secure and peaceful through the process, because I do believe that is possible. But for many of us, it really does take a paradigm shift 
and how we see it. And like you said, it definitely takes a leaning in as opposed to like an avoidance of exactly that it's coming. Exactly. So folks, we hope that you, you know, resonated with the conversations that we were having today, because in this discussion, you know, I I think it touches all of our lives. It definitely does us as your co-host here because change is inevitable and we're often not prepared to handle it well. And so as we're learning to adjust to change, um, we're going to provide you with some very practical things you can do through our experiences and our, and our work with clients. So stay tuned for our next episode because we're going to provide some, some help we in are. this arena. We are. And so as always, folks, God bless and shalom. The information contained in our podcast and on our social media pages is for informational purposes only. All views expressed are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which we have been, are now, or will be affiliated. The information is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition. If you are experiencing mental health symptoms, we encourage you to contact a mental health provider in your community. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room.